This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, let me bring you a message this morning, just briefly entitled, Go Back to the Start. Go Back to Start. Uh, open your Bibles to John chapter 3, verse number 16. John chapter 3, verse number 16. Don't, don't not open because you know it. Open your Bibles. John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to read it to you from a little bit different translation this morning, then we're going to pray. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the power of your word, and I want to thank you, God, for the lives that have already been changed today. God, we ask you, speak to us. Lord, speak through us. We desire to be growing in Christ. Thank you for what you've already done in our church, but thank you for what you're going to do. For we are waiting and watching for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for all that have gathered here today. It is not by accident. And this word you have put for us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're our guest today, let me just invite you into the series that we're on. We're on a series called Pillars. And Pillars is a series surrounded around the verses that we grow too common and familiar with. Those things that we've heard, if we've been in church a long time, we've heard them over and over again. The first week of Pillars, we, we studied uh, the Lord's Prayer. The second week, we studied uh, the 23rd Psalm. And today, we, we wind up here at John 3, 16. I think the reason we call them pillars is because they're so significant in our faith, but we grow so accustomed to them that we almost forget they're there. It's sort of like when you wake up in the middle of the night and, and you can walk through your, your bedroom uh, or you can walk through your house pretty much with your eyes closed because those things are just there in place. You know the place they're supposed to be in, and before long, you've just kind of forgotten where everything is. You just kind of go through it in a kind of a, a, a half-asleep way. Well, these pillars of faith that we're talking about are those things that we grow sleepy in our faith about. We go around them without giving them a whole lot of thought. And probably the granddaddy of, of all of these is this verse, John 3.16. This verse that has been called the gospel in miniature. This verse that has been called by some the hope diamond of scriptures. We have become so familiar with this passage that we've started overlooking its power. In 26 words, this passage parades through time, leaving a wake of hope in its path. How many of you are thankful for the truth that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? As we've been looking at these pillars, I had no clue when we began the series that I was going to discover this very simple truth. A simple truth of where all three of the pillars begin. The first pillar that we looked at was the Lord's Prayer, which begins with our Father. The second pillar that we looked at uh, was the 23rd Psalms, which is the Lord is. And now we come to John 3, 16, and where does it also begin? For God. All three of the pillars begin with God. 
All three of the things that you can build your life upon and you can grow spiritually mature in begin with God. Now, I feel an unction in my spirit. I feel something about that very significant thing because I think we miss that. We make too much of our spirituality about us and how we feel and what we've done. And the problem is when you build your life on you, you build it as Jesus described on sinking sand. And when all the troubles and problems come, you'll find that your foundation will be washed away. But when you build your life on Christ and you build your life beginning with God, you'll find that whatever comes, your house will stand because God will stand the test of time. God will stand the questions and God is always faithful. Can I get an amen this morning? You see, this very passage begins with God, but it ends with life. The first, therefore, God, but it ends with eternal life. If we really want to get to know what life is, we have to begin each day with God. If we really want to know what life can be, we've got to stop allowing our problems to be the very first thing we focus on in the morning. We've got to stop allowing our our news feeds to determine how we're going to feel that day and whether or not we feel blessed. I am not blessed because everything is calm in the world. I am blessed because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him might have life and life everlasting. Amen. That is our hope. I'm not blessed by what's in my account. I'm not blessed by what sits in my yard. I am blessed because of who lives in my heart. I am blessed because of Jesus. I feel like I'm sitting among blessed people this morning. How many of you know we're blessed because of God? Amen. Amen. This simple scripture is simple enough to memorize, but strong enough to go the distance. It is a sure place to hold on to when the swells of deception try to claim our soul to the place called despair. John 3.16 is the best place to begin our faith, and it is a necessary place for us to return to time and time again. For just a moment, I want to diverge for, for a second today, and I want to kind of take you back in time. How many of you remember playing Monopoly a lot when you were younger? Anybody remember Monopoly? Anybody have the same thought about Monopoly that I had? Oh God, when will this game ever be over? Amen. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm like, people are like, you don't buy any properties. I'm like, no, I just want to see how fast we can go around and spend all the money, you know? Uh, but this game would not end. But probably a game that's worse is a game that you play with your children. How many of you have ever had to play shoots and ladders? Yeah, you know how it is. They finally have your attention. You say, let's do something together. And before you know it, they say, let's play shoots and ladders. So you begin playing that game. And as you start moving around the board, here's what always happens to me. I get within range of the end. I can see my deliverance in sight. Now, I don't know about you, but you may not have a child in your life like this. But if Charlie and I are playing that game, he's looking at me like, you're going down. You're going down. Yeah. I mean, we're coming to the end of it, and I'm counting out the spaces. I don't know how many times I'm like, okay, if I can spin a seven, (laughs) we get real spiritual in shoots and lighters. Come on now, amen. I'm like, God, deliver me. If I can just spin a seven, this is over. I can see the end in sight. I know that all I need is a seven. Come on now. And I start praying for seven. Y'all all all acting spiritual out there. I am sick of people coming up to me going, well, one day when I win the lottery, God bless your soul. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Listen to me. I'm just praying for a seven and shooting ladders. Amen. God, let me get done with this game. You spin and it goes around and it ends not on seven, but four, which puts you. (laughs) 
on the last shoot, the biggest shoot of all, and you find yourself all the way back at start. As Charlie throws his hands in the air, I'm like, be careful, you still have to spin. You see, that sounds familiar to me, because sometimes in my life, that's the way it is spiritually. We've come so far. We get our eyes on the end game. We see we're just about to get to rest. We're about to break through. We're about to have something happen in our lives. But all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the middle of a bad spin. We're just one step away from wrong. One step away from backsliding. Now you're going, Pastor, we don't believe in backsliding. I didn't say God didn't love you anymore, but I believe everyone in this room takes steps back in your life. I had one yesterday. I decided I would clean out the refrigerator yesterday morning. As I was cleaning out the refrigerator, I noticed that someone in my family had left a pack of Reese's in the refrigerator. For those of you who are our guests, I've come a long ways by staying away from such things as that. Well... I looked inside the refrigerator. I thought, my first thought was, God's good to me, look at there. <laughs> As I pulled it out of the refrigerator, I said to myself, you don't need to go back. Backsliding. I said, but one step won't hurt me. I slid those things, they just, there's a sound as they came out of the thing. Jesus, help us, Lord. I did it with skill that only years of practice can do. Toss that package away. My mind going, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I had no clue I was going to have to testify in front of the church about it. I popped that first one out, and before I could hear myself complain again about it, I threw it in my mouth real fast. Through the pa- I mean, I shot it like LeBron. You know what I'm saying? All right. And for some reason, it didn't taste that good. And what I was tasting was not worth the ground that I was losing. And as I looked at the second one, I took it, threw it away. Now, I wish I could celebrate and say I threw it all away. You'd be cheering, right? No, there wasn't a third one. There was only, there was only two in this one. I threw it away. The victory was I didn't want to go get it out of the trash can. Not once. Amen. Amen. But the point was, it was that simple, an unexpected moment to take a fall backwards that sent me backwards. That's what happens to us spiritually. That's where we end up so many times. We land on a place of failure, maybe not even intending to. We find ourselves on a slippery chute that sends us further back than we could have ever imagined. Has anybody ever been there? We are frustrated. We want our progress back. We can't believe we're here again. I mean, we should know better. I mean, we should find ourselves in a better place, but instead we find ourselves in the valley of defeat all because we landed at that spot and slipped. Now what do we do? It's very simple. And this is where this pillar comes into play. You go back to start. You go back to start. Don't pass go. 
you get back to the base. Jesus said it a little better than this. This is how Jesus said it. He said, go do your first works over again. Go back and fall in love with your first love over again. So the starting place can be John 3.16. You know, one author said this. He said, when you find yourself in a slippery place, realize this, that the heart of the human problem is the heart of the human. It takes a moment, but get that. The heart of the human problem is not what's being thrown at you, but it's what's in you. It's what you allow to settle inside of who you are. And most of the setbacks in our lives are not some cosmic spin of the wheel of luck going awry, but rather are the product of our lack of faith in God's perfect promises. When we allow some doubt to slip into our heart, we allow some sin to come into our lives. I've seen this over and over again. Couples that, that, that begin to settle for situations and relationships that are not healthy for either one of them, but they don't really believe God can bring them the person that God intends for them. People who live in defeat and despair because they don't believe God's promises enough to believe that God can really deliver them, so they put up with this garbage for far too long, and the heart of man is man's problem at the heart of the issue. And we need a place that will help us find security when we're battling against our own abilities and our own weaknesses and our own struggles. And that's what we find when we come back to this very simple verse of John 3.16. We find the treatment for our heart condition. We find where we need to go to start again. The treatment that we need, we find in the very beginning, for God so loved. We find the fact that God loves those who fall backwards. God loves people who find themselves in slippery places. Maybe I'm preaching, maybe this was for the first service. Maybe this was for the second service. But I think it's for some of us in this place. God loves people who know where they should be, know where God expects them to be, but they find themselves losing ground instead of advancing. Can I get any amens in here this morning? God loves those people. But you see, we should know better because we know John 3.16. We should know better than doing what we're doing, but we find ourselves expecting judgment instead of finding God's love. And God says, no, come back to the start because God can forgive us. I find myself saying, God, could you forgive me again? Or you find yourself back at some place where you expect the wrath of God instead of the love of God, but God loves you. You need to remind yourself of that. But here's what we do. I, I know you've probably never been there. I, I, maybe this just be, is my problem, but when I sin, I know if I repent, he will forgive me, right? Isn't that amazing how it works? The devil will tell you, oh, he'll forgive you afterwards, but then afterwards the devil will tell you, no, he's not really going to forgive you. But I know that if I repent... That, that he will forgive me. But here's the problem. That just seems too easy to me because I know I did wrong. So what I have to do is I have to stay out of God's presence long enough that I feel like I've suffered enough to earn the forgiveness. You know, when I, when I, when I had my whole world fall apart, then I can go, okay, God, now we're even. And I, now I'm back. Am I preaching to a mirror? Is that it this morning? Because I think I have to pay for it. But here's the problem. That doesn't line up with the pillar. The pillar does not say you have to stay outside until you paid for the price. You have to be cold and hungry until you know you were wrong. The fact of the matter is we come to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is the only right and the only hope. And because of God's love, I don't have to pay. He's already paid. Amen. It's that simple. 
But Pastor Don, we reap what we sow. I've reaped far too much, but I'm glad I haven't reaped everything I've sown because his grace has been sufficient and it's covered a multitude of sins. Amen. God's love is what we find. We expect judgment, but instead his grace, it blow, all I can imagine is, is it blows past you to, to where the, everything that shouldn't be there is gone because we find God's love. The second thing we find, for God so loved the world that he gave. We find God's gift. And so my question for you today is, what did God give? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Here's the problem. We find ourselves pressing toward the mark. Right? Doesn't the scripture say, I press toward the mark? No, it doesn't. It said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of Christ. We find ourselves pressing toward a mark. If I can just get through this battle, if I can just make it to heaven, half the people who will worship today, they're not as concerned about Jesus as they are escaping hell. I don't press toward heaven. I'm not looking for streets of gold. I'm not looking... For gates of pearl. Pastor Don, what do you mean you're not looking for heaven? No, 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 no. I want to see heaven, but I only want to see heaven because the one that I'm looking for is the one who made the streets of gold, set the gates of pearl in place. I want to see Jesus. I press toward the mark of Jesus. God gave Jesus. That's where we should be headed. See, that's our problem. We're pressing toward just getting through this, just hoping our kids are sane, just hoping our family gets safe. But I can't press toward those things. I have to press toward Jesus. And as I start pressing toward Jesus, as he begins to work in my world, everything else begins to work out. See, some of us say, God, you fix this, I'll do this. And God said, no, 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 no. I've already fixed it when I sent Jesus. What you need to do is find Jesus, and then you'll find the answers you've been looking for. Amen. Amen. I know it's a simple message this morning, but I feel God in what I'm telling you. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing. We believe. See, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes. We believe. We must return our faith to Christ. Do you know where most of our faith lies? And I want you to catch this. Most Most of our faith lies in one of two places, our scars or our trophies. You see, we expect to step up to the throne of grace someday or the gates of heaven, as it were, and they say, why should we let you in? And this is what we expect to say. Well, you know what I went through. You know how I was hurt. You know how I was abandoned. You know, but but see, that's, that's not how it works. Your scars do not gain you any more interest. It's sort of like when you come through those doors on Sunday morning. I know that no one's ever been convicted when you come through those doors. I know the devil never speaks to any of you and says something like this. Well, why are you praising God today? Why are you here? If they knew who you really were, they wouldn't want you here. You think it's hard to sit back there and listen to the devil? Try sitting right there and listen to the devil tell you that. You know what I've come to the conclusion of? A lot of people know the voice of the devil more than they know the voice of God. And they've been listening to their scars and their failures and their pains tell them why they can't and why they can't. And we feel like it's all holding us out. And so our scars affect our walk. But our scars, they are only there to teach us along our walk. But then, uh, then there's the other side of it. There's the trophy side of it. You ever have a week that you just win? I mean, you didn't do this, 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 and this. You just won. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
that day when you come in, you're like, you don't come in and go, oh, God, thank you for letting me in your house. That day you come in and go, let's have church. (laughs) You're ready to walk on water. I didn't do this, this, this this week. I can raise my hand this Sunday. But here's the thing. Your scars or your trophies, neither one may give you access to God. Do you know whose scars and trophies give you access to God? Jesus. It is by his stripes that we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we're healed. It's his scars that give us access to God. It's his trophy that when he looked death, hell, and grave right in the face, three days later he came forth triumphant. It is his trophy that gives us access. And we believe in Jesus. Come on, would you say that with me as well? We believe in Jesus. Come on, we believe in Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Finally, God loves us. He gave us his son. We only have to believe. You see, we need to come back to start again, folks. Half of us are out there thinking we know more than the basics. Well, when we learn the basics, we really will know more. Finally, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because we come back to Jesus, we live. Not waiting to live, but we begin to live today. Because of God's love, because of his gift, because of our faith, we begin to experience the life that we thought was impossible. A life free from condemnation. I may stumble, but I can always come back to start, folks. I may have mistakes, and I, you may have come into this place this morning with a train load of mistakes, but you can always come back to for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can always come back to believing in him and receiving the grace of God. The grace of God is life. A life free from fear. Do you know what fear really comes from? Fear comes when you can't handle it on your own. But here's the thing. It may be out of your control, but you'll realize that nothing is out of his control. And finally, a life free from defeat. I may fall back. I may suffer setbacks, but my victory has come through Christ. He is my hope. He is my joy. He is my peace. He's the lover of my soul. I want to share with you just briefly about a missionary this morning. This missionary's name was John G. Patton. Some of you may have heard of him. Some of you may have not. But John Patton was sent to an island where no one had written down the language before, and he went to take the gospel of Christ to them. So as he arrived, he began the process of learning the language. As he sat down, he grabbed his notebook, and he began to, to, to pen the sounds that they made. And he, he created a rather large vocabulary. He learned to interact with them. He learned to live among them. As he finally reached a place to where he felt like he had a grasp on their language, he decided it was now time for him to translate part of the New Testament into their language. But he discovered a problem. He didn't have a word for trust, belief, or faith. And he said, it's impossible to translate the New Testament without trust, belief, and faith. You can't get very far in translating without that word. He searched for a word, but he could find no word. When any of his interactions with people, he could, he could find nothing to make that connection. And so one day, 
he and one of the local hunters, tribesmen, went forth to gather in food for the community. They went on a large hunt and they took a very large quarry. They strapped that big animal between the, uh, on a pole and between the two of them, they picked up that animal and started across the island and up the hill to where they lived. As they reached the base of that hill, it was quite overwhelming. They trudged up the hill with all that was in them fighting to make it up the hill. When they made it to the top of the hill, they collapsed in the yard, left their quarry there in front of the house, climbed onto the porch, and both fell into chairs. And as they fell into chairs, I want to quote it just exactly as they said it. The islander looked at the missionary and he made this statement, my, but it is good to stretch yourself out here. John Patton immediately grabbed his notebook, penned the phrase he had never heard before, and then began to translate the New Testament. Using that phrase, this was how Patton translated John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever stretches himself out upon the Savior shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Could you imagine that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, one and only son, that whosoever would stretch out in him. Now look, I know some of you are having a hard time focusing on that, but let me just poll you. How many beach people do I have here today? You like the beach. How many mountain people do I have here? So whether it's the mountain stream or the crash of the tide, put yourself there quickly, quickly get yourself there. Now imagine the moment. It's the perfect time of day wherever you are. You are down by the water. You have just had either a satisfying breakfast or a wonderful evening dinner. You are satisfied. You look upon, if you're a morning person, the sun's coming up. If you're a night person, the sun's going down. You look upon the sun, it's in a perfect place. The breeze is just right. The temperature is perfect. And all you can think about is how good life what do you do in that chair? You just kind of lay back and you find yourself say, life is good. It is well. All is as it should be. That's the phrase. That's the place that Patton found for John 3.16. That we back up to this verse And we realize that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And all I have to do is rest in that promise. When I stretch my life out upon him, when I fall back into who he is and I realize I am satisfied. And no matter what's happening around me, where I am is good because I am with the Lord. And I look ahead. No longer looking behind at my past and my failures, but I look ahead to what waits for me. That not, not heaven, but that one day we shall see him face to face, not as between a veil as we see now, but we will see him as he is. And I say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Here's the problem, church. 
we run too fast and too far and sometimes we need to come back to start so that we don't look at our own trophies and our own scars but we look to Jesus so that we also can say it is God this is what God has intended for me would you stand with me Some of you understand exactly what I'm talking about because when you get in God's presence, it's, it's like... <sighs> Some of you have run for far too long. You are weary and you are tired. And you need the victory of Christ. You need the hope that comes through Jesus. I want everyone in this place to bow their heads. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Some of you have heard that your whole life. You have prayed prayers, but you have never really rested in Christ. You prayed a prayer because once again, you were trying to do something else to make yourself better, more acceptable to God. You were trying to do something else that was necessary, but that's not the promise. The promise is Jesus or nothing. It's all Jesus. Matter of fact, with your heads bowed, would you just say his name with me now? Jesus. Come on, say it again. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Father, I know you've come to deliver people this morning. You've come to set people free. There are people that are tired of running, and this is their moment, this is their time, and this is their day. Father, speak to them now. Speak to their hearts. Quickly, with no one looking around, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I want to surrender my life to Jesus completely. I want to rest in who Christ is. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not calling you to the front, but I want to pray with you right where you are right now. If that's you, I want you to see your hand. Just put it up in the air quickly. Today's your day to give your life to Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, come on. I know there are others in this place. Who will join with these? Thank you. Are there others? They'll join with these three, these four. Come on, quickly, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Are there others? Are there others today that will give their life to Jesus Christ? That they would rest in who Jesus is and hope would come to their family. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Here's what I want you to do. You don't have to cross the aisles, but if someone's near, you reach over and just take their hand. We're going to pray with these this morning. People, it may be the person next to you that raised their hand this morning. And we're going to pray together today in Jesus' name. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Christ from the dead, we would be born again. And so today, I'm thankful for what God is doing. We're going to pray this prayer of faith with these, and God's going to change them for all eternity, right now, today. Church, would you join me in praying this prayer of faith with these as they pray, confessing Christ as their Savior now. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. You see my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. I believe Jesus came for me he died for me, and he lives for me. And by faith, from this moment forward, I declare God is my Father. Heaven is my home. 
and Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. Now, come on, let's rejoice before the Lord this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer for the very first time today and those that that are coming back centered to your promises in their lives. And now, Lord, I pray for all of us. You see the areas of our lives that we need to go back to start on. Bring us back around to encounter a God of love who has given us everything that if we believe in him, there is life as you intended it to be. Thank you for your promises. Most of all, thank you for Jesus. Amen and amen. Isn't God good to us this morning? Give him... Give him one more praise today, man. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.